So I am here because I'm so inspired by all the things happening right now. Um, I wanted to bring us some hero broads of COVID-19. Usually we just do, you know, one amazing broad, but I'm going to do a bunch of mini broad episodes. So they're all kind of combining forces to try and do this together, which I just thought was super rad. It made me feel like, okay, we're in the hands of really smart, amazing geniuses who are combining all their forces together. It's not some corporate overlord that's trying to cure COVID. Hi, and welcome to Broads You Should Know, the podcast about amazing and noteworthy women from history. I'm Sarah Gorski. I'm Sam Eggers. And I'm Justin Xavier. And we are recording to you, specially from our own homes tonight. Yeah, it's different. It's different. We're social distancing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Some of us haven't touched another human being in weeks, and we are feeling crazy. That's true. Yeah, a little bit of cabin fever. But we wanted to give some sort of sense of normalcy to to everyone's lives. So keeping the episodes coming. I know last week I recorded a little thing that said we might not have episodes coming out regularly, but we're breaking the the rules immediately. And we've got episodes coming out. Yeah. uh, Again. Like good broads only ever do. Yes. Oh, yes. Breaking the rules like good broads should. You know? Mm-hmm. So I am here because I'm so inspired by all the things happening right now. Um, I wanted to bring us some hero broads of COVID-19 today. Awesome. Um, so that is this episode. I imagine we might have more to share as things continue to develop through time. But I've got a, a small selection Um, it's a little different than we usually do. Usually we just do, you know, one amazing broad. Um, but I'm going to do a bunch of mini broad episodes of all these broads who are working on and contributing to and helping fight COVID-19. I personally wanted to find out who my broad heroes were in this moment doing the heavy lifting right now. So that is what I'm bringing us today, you guys. Sweet. I'm excited. So I'm going to start with my first mini broad. He- I don't want to call her mini. That's not a good. <laughs> Condensed. Snapshot broad. There you go. It's a snapshot. Yeah, I like that. My, my first snapshot broad is going to be Dr. Sabine Hazan. She is, I think she's the owner of this company or the CEO of uh Progenobiome is the name of the company, who is joining forces with a bunch of other amazing lady doctors to help find the cure for COVID-19 right now. So she is part of this group of women uh, that are all connected through a a bunch of different venues, including a private Facebook group that has uh, over 5,000 female doctors as a part of it. And they all exchange... um, all the research they're doing and all the test results, basically all the things that they're working on in their labs and developing and all the new information that they're finding out, they're sharing together to try to kind of come together and find the cure, which I thought was so cool. Really cool. It's also worth noting, we have another another broad in the mix there, Dr. Sharon T. McLaughlin. She was the one who started that Facebook group. And Dr. McLaughlin, I have a quote from her. 
uh, where she says, uniting as women, physicians, entrepreneurs, and mothers through this group, we're empowered by each other to stay the course in this battle against COVID-19. Um, she sounds like a great broad. She sounds like a broad I'd like to know. Me too. And the first broad I talked about, um, Dr. Sabine Hazan, um, she is a genetic sequencing and microbiome expert. Um, so she's doing... Sounds like, important. Yeah, she's doing genomic analyses of COVID-19 and trying to... And specifically, she's studying its ability and, and like apparently good ability to mutate and, and replicate. So part of the reason that it's kind of hard to fight, I guess, I've been trying, I've been like learning more about COVID-19, which is both enlightening and also kind of scary, but more enlightening than scary. She, she was saying that in her um, article that there's just very slight genetic variations across the virus that make it really difficult to accurately test and treat and to find the vaccine. So her company is doing that. I guess it's genomic research uh, is what they call it. I'm not a scientist, but those are the words in the articles that I found. And she specifically, Dr. Hazan, um, she has developed COVID-19 clinical trial protocols for prevention, treatment, and testing. Uh, and they've been submitted to the New England Independent Review Board, um, and they're trying to get all the results expedited. Um, and she's partnering her genetic sequencing lab Pro, uh, progen biome with a bunch of other clinical testing sites. Uh, so they're all kind of combining forces to try and do this together, which I just thought was super rad. It made me feel like, okay, we're in the hands of really smart, amazing geniuses who are combining all their forces together. It's not some corporate overlord that's trying to cure COVID. It's like these badass women doctors who are like, oh no, the company that I started studying genes because I'm a genius uh, is helping to fight COVID. So that's reassuring for sure. Mm -hmm. And the same article, um, this was like a very, I love this one article. I'll make sure and post it on the website. Um, they also talked about Dr. Marlene Smith, who's another broad worth mentioning. And she's got an, a print and online magazine, Physician Outlook. And in the past couple of weeks, she has helped to distribute a ton of information about COVID-19 uh, to doctors all around the world. So she's been like a big source of news sharing amongst physicians, which is super rad. So she's a part of the same the same Facebook group. I think they're all kind of connected, but super cool. Those are the broad doctors that I found. Do you know where they're centered or where they're based? Are they American and not American Oh gosh, you know that's a good question. Um, Marlene Smith is Pennsylvania, so the ma the woman with the her magazine, the doctor with the magazine, is uh, says Pennsylvania based. I think that Dr. Hazan, Dr. Sabine Hazan, I think she's actually in Ventura, California, so not insanely far from us here in LA. We could go say hi to her. <laughs> I know, and I don't she know about Dr. McLaughlin. Like it didn't say. I think she's busy. <laughs> Oh, that's right. She might have a few she, things. Like, a <laughs> like what, though? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're a little busy. I don't know. Some of the articles I found, too, about these women are also talking about how they're balancing their, like, family and children and all this stuff at the same time. And I'm like, these broads, these broads are amazing. They can do it all. <laughs> they're doing it all. So that's kind of my first, like, mini set I'll call them the doctors of COVID. Um, I know that there's a ton more amazing female doctors out there. So I think, you know, my goal is going to be to like keep finding all these broad heroes of COVID and share them. My next broad, um, she is a data protection broad. 
So there's a lot of concerns because everybody is doing these tests and sharing their personal information that the government is like, oh, hey, little companies who are doing this testing, you owe us your data. And that's our data about our personal lives and our health care and all this stuff. And so there's a huge group of people coming together to help kind help fight or not fight, but protect the consumer's uh, everyday data, which I think is a super weird like side of COVID-19 I had not even thought about, but that I care about very deeply because mm-hmm. our data is super important. And, you know, there's a lot of countries around the world where, you know, the government has everybody's data and that's not really a democracy, we know. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the closer we get to full data sharing, the more, you know, there's a lot of iffy roads that the government could go down and stuff like that. So data protection is super important. And there is uh, there's a company called NHSX, who uh, it's a UK company, and they're launching this weekend. They're doing this next weekend. They're doing a global hackathon to find technology solutions to help fight COVID-19. And one of the women, this is the broad I wanted to talk about, Irene Ng, that's N-G. She is the CEO of this company, DataSwift, and they're one of the organizers of the company. Um, And DataSwift makes tools that help give people more control over all their data. Mm. And there was this great quote from her where she said, in quote, we need to ensure that in these difficult times, opportunistic app makers aren't hoovering up our data and to avoid a scenario where the world ends up worse than it was before. This collective action will prove that the ethical data economy can trump surveillance economy, end quote. Cool. Um, so that's coming up this weekend, this hackathon. Um, and it's bringing together... Uh, app developers, medics, and engineers, and their goal is to build 25 apps or, or solutions, tech solutions, funded through grants from corporate sponsors and private donors. Um, and they have uh, uh, already raised enough money to give a few thousand pounds to each of these organizations, each of these teams that's putting together these these programs. So I thought that was like a really cool... I did not expect my research to take me there, but I am grateful for it yeah that's not something that even really crossed my mind i mean when i when i hear about like uh you know a global crisis that's affecting everyone i also think well someone's gonna try to take advantage of that in some way but stealing our data was not really uh, even in my mind as an option me either but now i can add it to my list of uh, Think- <laughs> <laughs> well welcome to the club you should have already been having nightmares about this long before today <laughs> But now I'm, I'm excited sure. to bring you new nightmares. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm also excited to hear about broads like that that are fighting for our protections because that's super important. And I think that's it's really easy to see big tech and, and tech startups as like a big part of the problem. But I love to see when they're part of the solution. So my next set of COVID broads here are the women who are like in leadership positions at the major health organizations right now and in the White House. Because I was asking myself like, okay, but who are the women who are the the heads of these, you know, the, the WHO, the World Health Organization and the CDC, um, the and who? even the White House, I know. The, the, the what? The, the who? <laughs> WHO? It was a bad joke. Don't ignore me. <laughs> I just wasn't giving you credit, Justin. It was just, yeah. it was just the most dad joke dad it was the most dad joke joke you've yeah. ever done on yeah. the podcast i think that's 
Sarah, I thought you were it's just choosing to ignore I, it. I kind of was. I was trying to yeah. blow through it, but then Justin... It's a f- uh, fair reaction. Uh. Himself. <laughs> um, I'm glad we're still having fun, even though we're not sitting across from each other. Six feet. We couldn't be six feet apart in, yeah. the, in the regular studio. That's true. It's pretty small. No. So these next broads are... I just wanted to talk a second. I don't know in great depth about these ladies, but I did, uh, I was able to dig up some bios for them. Um, and I just thought it was cool to know who's at the head that all that being said, before I dig in here, a lot of the people in charge are still men. I just want to say that the feminist in me was crying. I was like, Oh, they're all men. But then there's a couple women. So these are the women, the broads that I want to talk about. Cause they actually have um, amazingly long careers in health and public health. And so it's cool to recognize them, I think. The first woman is Anne Shushat. Uh, and she is the principal deputy director of the CDC. Um, she's been principal deputy director since 2015. Um, and she was acting director uh, several times in 2017 and 2018. I imagine government related when there were all the trouble filling posts and stuff like that. She was like the pinch hitter that was filling in. But she never officially, like, took over the position? Well, she's principal deputy director, and then she filled in as acting director of the whole CDC for periods of time. So she's, I think, like, in that, like, second tier. Does she, like, not want to do it long term? Or, I mean, maybe you don't know that, but she's just better suited for the other role, maybe? Well... I'm sure the readers will, will correct me if this is wrong, the readers, the listeners. Um, but I think that the deputy director is an appointed position. And then when the government flips over in an election cycle, that's a spot that needs to be filled or that is often vacated. But then as principal deputy director, she managed to hold on to her position. And so she filled in while that was a, a vacated position. That makes sense. And side note, in Trump's cabinet and, his, and in his government, there are many... Um, people who are act sort of in acting as positions. Um, and one of those reasons is because these acting, if you put someone and have them acting as, they don't need to be confirmed by the uh, by Congress. So that um, yeah. that is, is sort of a common scenario. But it doesn't sound like that was the case with, with this particular one. But. You know, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't actually know any of the drama around that. Um, but maybe I'll bring it back next. Maybe I'll fill you in with additional information about Anne. Um, oh, but before that, okay, I'm back to Anne. Anne Shushat. So before she had that position, a principal deputy director, she served as the director of a branch of the CDC called the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. And she served that position 20, 2006 to 2015. So she was in that position a long time. Um, and then she was the chief of the respiratory diseases branch before that, um, from 98 to t- 2005. Um, and she first joined the CDC. This is like a reverse order of her, her roles. She first joined the CDC uh, as an epidemic intelligence service officer in 1988. So she's been with the CDC since 88. And she was a part um, of a bunch of the teams doing emergency responses in all of the outbreak type scenarios that we've encountered basically since she's been in that position, including um, H1N1, which was um, swine flu, uh, and then SARS, in 2003, and the anthrax t- issues in 2001, 
Uh, and then she also worked on the meningitis, pneumonia, and Ebola vaccine trials in West Africa. So we trust her. So she has like been working, doing the work since 88, if not before that. So um, she is a rad broad. And I'm assuming incredibly smart. I'm glad she's still around. <laughs> Me too. My next broad is the director of the CDC's National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. So that's the position Anne had before. Um, And her name is Nancy Messonnier. M-E-S-S-O-N-N-I-E-R. That's Messonnier, right? I think so. Sam, you speak French? High school French. sounds very French. (laughs) (laughs) Messonnier. Messonnier. That's more than me. I have like, I have like, I can do impressions of people speaking French in movies. That's my, (laughs) that's my extent of French. It's an important specialty. (laughs) And she, uh, a lot like Anne, she joined the CDC uh, as an epidemic intelligence service officer um, for the DDID, which is the Deputy Director for Infectious Diseases. There's so many acronyms, guys. And she's also been a leader in the CDC and um, the NCRID, N-C-I-R-D. That's the National Center for Immunization and Respiratory Diseases. God, so many. There's so many acronyms. Is everyone following at home? (laughs) But she served as the Deputy Director of uh, the NCIRD uh, from 2014 to 2016, and she led the meningitis and vaccine preventable diseases branch and bacterial diseases from 2007 to 2012. They say that she, I quote, she has been a champion for prevention and control of bacterial meningitis in the United States. She's been, she's like one of the head people fighting meningitis across the world, which is, meningitis is still a major problem, even now. It's not as Bigger problem is COVID in the moment, but she, um, she's been on those front lines as well. She must be doing a good job because I don't hear about meningitis all that often. Well, it's actually, so meningitis in the U.S. isn't very common, but it's very common in Africa. So it's a disease that's really, I think, predominantly of all the continents, most in Africa. I think it's just been expensive and hard to implement the vaccine across Africa. And so what some of the work that she has done is helping to make sure that over 150 million people in the African meningitis belt, they call it, have been vaccinated since 2010. Wow. Um, that's like a ton of people to vaccinate. Africa's huge. It's a huge yeah. population. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of insane. So she's really led that fight and specifically in Af- Africa because that's where meningitis, I think, is really predominant. But she's also right now in this pivotal role, you know, fight, fighting and helping support the COVID movements. I have one more in this set. I have, uh, let's see. Oh, her title is so long. She's the U.S. Global AIDS Coordinator and U.S. Special Representative for Global Health Diplomacy and the United States President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief. That's her title on the website. I wonder if that's on her business card. <laughs> her name is her. Her name is Ambassador Deborah Burks. So... Deborah Burks, MD, Dr. Deborah Burks, she's the coordinator of the United States government activities to combat HIV and AIDS. Um, so her primary role in her career thus far has been on the front lines of the HIV AIDS epidemic. She's been focused on HIV and AIDS for over three decades. 
she let's see i'm trying to get the the short history for you because it's huge but she helped to lead one of the most influential hiv vaccine trials rv 144 and it provided the first supporting evidence of the vaccine's potential effectiveness in preventing hiv infection she is rad and then she has been thrust into this position by trump where she's kind of i think i think the best way to describe it is that she's kind of an interpreter of COVID information from the White House. We, I don't think we end up hearing her voice that much in the press conferences, which makes me sad because she sounds like a really brilliant person. But she um, is in this position in the White House where she is helping to relay the information and no doubt explain the information to pe- to unnamed people who might not understand it very well. <laughs> um, and I imagine, I mean, no matter how we feel about the White House staff right now, I imagine that cannot be an easy position to hold and that she's, that's its own kind of front line to be holding the fort down there. So she was abroad worth mentioning and including. Heck yeah. That's Deborah, Deborah Burks. I'll always remember her now because her name sounds an awful lot like Delta Burke, who was one of the stars of Designing Women. Which I'm sure you both remember. <laughs> um, I don't, Absolute, Sam. What? Oh, no. guys. It is Burks with an X. B-I-R-X. Oh. Which has its own, like, snappy, broad feel to it. It's a great name. Uh, oh, I, oh, I also want to call out, this is the same part of the same set. I should have scrolled down farther. Dr. Machidiso Moetti. And she is the World Health Organization Regional Director for Africa. Um, she uh, is... She's from Botswana, and she is the first woman ever to be elected as regional director for Africa for the for the who, Justin, <laughs> for the World Health Organization. It's the only way I know it. <laughs> She's been in that position for five years, um, and she has a long storied career. But her biggest role in this position has been cultivating strong partnerships uh, between uh, philanthropic foundations, academia, the people, civil society, um, and also engaging young people and women in global health, because that's a huge problem across Africa. So that's kind of like the big bulk of her work. Um, she spent, uh, she's, she's been in the, in the biz, uh, like over 40 years. She's been, uh, in, with the WHO since 99 uh, and she's served as all these different positions. We already kind of listed half of these, all these amazing badass broads have all been in similar positions. I find that interesting. Um, and she also, I think her big claim to fame is um, she led the WHO's three by five initiative at, at the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic. So that was like part of the big, um, the big movement to, to get, access to the, the anti-retroviral therapy uh, to all the people in Africa that are living with HIV. So she's done a ton of work also on HIV AIDS. And she is kind of leading the charge in terms of overseeing Africa for the WHO right now. Um, and I think one of the coolest things, she's on Twitter. So I was checking out her tweets. She's got some great videos posted there and she's really been posting. She, she had like a scare herself and she got tested and she came back negative for COVID, which is good, but she's been very public about it. I thought that that was, that was kind of how I first found her was that kind of like Twitter chain. And it was really neat to see somebody take such great leadership. Um, so that's Dr. Moetti and she's great. And that wraps up my, my badass med medical broads or medical leadership organ. Medical organization leadership. If you need to edit this, Justin, you can edit this. I'm not very eloquent. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, I'll make it sound pristine. I have a few more. You guys aren't sick of me yet, right? No, no. My sets of mini broads. Um, I have a couple more. I want to talk a little bit about the broads who are fighting the fight in the House of Representatives right now. Because those broads are rad. Even though they're not doctors, they are really looking out for the American people. The first broad is a broad we at some point probably are going to do a full episode on, I feel like. But, But she is... Miss Nancy Pelosi, our lady of golf claps and queen of the State of the Union speech ripping. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She's the Speaker of the House. And she, uh, you know, they've been passing this Corona relief bill that is, it's a topic of another conversation for me because I could kind of go on forever about my feelings about it. But she did uh, go into the discussions really fighting to try to get some important stuff into the bill that the Republicans did not want there, um, including these are things that Pelosi was trying to get into the COVID relief bill as she wanted m- mandated diversity on corporate boards and in banks. Um, these aren't necessarily COVID related things, but they're things that are important for democracy. So I should have led with that. So mandated diversity on corporate boards and banks required airlines to disclose and reduce emissions, mandating that states allow voting by mail, increasing union bargaining power, expanding tax credits for wind and solar power, prohibiting universities from disclosing citizenship status of their students, and providing bailout for some private pensions. So she like did her best and came in fighting trying to get all those little little things into the covid bill which arguably is sort of not covid related but also still heroic i think to me so i thought it was worth mentioning her i mean i, I can i can see why you know lots of republicans were were upset about that but at well, the same time those weird, are all important. you know it's like a, when we're in this weird well, i think oh go sam Sorry, no, I was just going to say, I think one, it is, it's sort of COVID related though, like speaking of the vote by mail, like there are a lot of states that don't have that in their law, or if they do have it, you have to have one of the specified reasons to qualify to vote by mail. But if come November, if we have, you know, another surge of uh, COVID-19, or even as these months when we're talking about um, dealing with primaries and states, you know, are going to have, this could really affect voter turnout. Um, and so having vote by mail for all states, that's really important. So yeah, so that's like, that's a, that's a big one. And then also like bailing out private pensions. That's, you know, that's a big one too, because that's obviously affected by COVID. Yeah, um, it's super affected. And the truth is, is that they haven't been able to get any of these passed because they can't get them past Mitch McConnell in the Senate. So like all of these things are things that have been trying and trying and trying to pass. And so she just went in guns a blazing and was just still trying to fight the fight for the stuff that, you know, the most helps the American people right now. Well, what were the, I haven't read the, you know, thousand page bill that did pass. You didn't read that? You're the only just one, Justin. Reading? You're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm really showing myself here. But do, do you know if, anything that she did manage to get in? Like, those are things she tried to get in. Um, You know, it's worth probably its own full episode. Um, Specifically, Pelosi, I don't think, got more in. This was kind of the, like, Democratic wish list. But definitely a bunch of senators were able to, including Senator Warren, were able to to squeeze some stuff into the bill. I don't, you know, I, I honestly, I'll do that in part two um, because it's really worth its own little segment. But I wasn't focusing on them at this moment. So <laughs> um, so to, to be returned in part two of COVID broads. Um, 
I also, though, want to talk about Katie Porter because she is worth applause, a round of applause, everybody, for Katie Porter. Um, do you guys know her name? Is she familiar to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. only very recently, but yeah. Like before she went viral last week or? No, not before that. <laughs> um, but good pun. Katie Porter. Well, Katie Porter was elected um, in 2018 in the blue wave that took back the House. And she is the first Democrat elected in South Central Orange County, which typically had been going red for ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And Katie Porter won it. And then a couple weeks ago, which feels like a year ago, but it was like a week and a half ago, (laughs) um, on March 12th. Um, there's this huge viral video where she is drilling CDC director Robert Redfield at a congressional hearing. And uh, her office has been, you know, her and her office have been doing all this this work to figure out, like, how can we help the American people in light of this? And we're re- they're really worried about, as as all, we, all of us are, about how to even, like, if you get COVID or if you need to get tested for COVID, how are you going to pay for it if you're not insured or underinsured? Um, because... It's super expensive. It's like $1,300 just to get tested if you don't have insurance. So they were doing that research and they found this little clause in, I don't even quite understand where it is, where exactly the clause is, but it, it declares, quote, the director may authorize payment for the care and treatment of individuals subject to medical examination, quarantine, isolation, and conditional release. And so they found this little rule and she brings it to this congressional hearing and she's trying, she's basically trying to get the director of the CDC to commit to free testing because the CDC can pay for the testing basically because of that clause. And at first he's like really evasive. It's this little five minute video. Everybody should look it up. He's like, oh, he's like, well, we'll look into it. And she's like, no, but are you going to look into it? And he's like, yeah, we're going to look in it. We're going to look into it. Okay. And she's like, but are you going to look into it? And she's just goes after him for five minutes. And finally he's like, yes, we're going to do it. We'll do it. Okay. (laughs) And it's awesome. It's it's so rad. And so she basically bullied him a little bit, which I it's like the kind of bullying I approve of <laughs> to I mean, commit to the CDC covering testing fees. Is it bullying if you're just getting someone to do their job to help people? <laughs> like it's not. Yeah. It, it's yeah. not. But, you know, I'm sure Fox News called it bullying and I'm sure all terrible things about her. <laughs> She's also been, by the way, so this is in addition to that viral video. So since she got elected last year or two years ago, she's been really pushing to make the ability for Congress to do business remotely. Because right now they have to be in Washington in session to vote on things. They can't vote from home. And... You know, obviously in this exact moment, that's a huge problem because there's all these senators who are quarantined and like one senator got it and then they all made out or something and they all, now they all are like in quarantine. That's what I'm assuming happened. That's what happened in my, in yep. the drama version in my mind is there was some, some weird giant orgy. Probably. <laughs> well, they shut the cameras Where they off all came them. within six feet of each other. Violation. <laughs> And so she's she that she's been advocating for that for like since she came into office and she's really been pushing 
for these remote hearings. Um, of course, the Republicans, especially McConnell, have been like, no, 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 no. And so they still haven't approved it and it's still not possible. But she's been fighting that fight really hard. And I think, you know, maybe there's going to be a little more impetus to figure that out after this whole situation or during this whole situation, since this quarantine scene is just so dramatic. And it's obviously going to really affect the way that Congress and the House do business, you know, because they can't quite they can't quite do business as usual, even though arguably they haven't been doing business as usual since the Tea Party, but whatever. Uh, I just hope, I just I just hope we digitize all business moving forward. Like everyone so many companies are realizing like, oh, I guess we can all work from home. It's not ideal, but sometimes we can meet from home or have you just send in your work and I hope more and more, like just to even if it's just to decrease our carbon footprint in the future, we we just go digital as much as possible. You know, I think the full impact of like what how things will be after this is obviously yet to be seen, but I definitely feel that things will be different in that department and in terms of like companies allowing more working from home, which is exciting for I think a lot of people and for sure. I don't know, and I think it's going to change the corporate America definitely. That's for sure. Oh, Katie Porter, though, um, she is she is fighting the fight on the COVID uh, relief bill as well, because she has been specifically worried about the oversight on the corporate bailout, because there's very little oversight built into the bill. So she is fighting the fight on that on that front right now with that. Um, she's like, you guys, we got to have more oversight. And she's pushing for oversight. There's like, there's a $500 billion corporate bailout as a part of the COVID relief plan. And what she's worried about, as am I and many people, is that that money will go into corporate pockets that either don't need it or aren't using it. And they're not going to get to the people who need it the most. Yeah, if you don't mandate that they give it to their employees, they're not going to give it to their employees. No, they'll do stock buybacks and, you know, yeah. give themselves bonuses. And it's really about, like, you know, the people in government leadership positions in the moment, in our current government situation, not being able to take advantage of these bailouts, right? Um, Katie did just have a scare of her own, a COVID scare, hashtag COVID scare, but her test came back negative. And so she is okay. I think she's finishing out the mandated 14 days, but she's okay. And she doesn't have COVID. So we're all very excited for Katie and we're excited for her to be able to get back to Washington and vote on things (laughs) since, since her voice is obviously so, so, so important. Um, there's so many more broads that are involved with COVID right now that I wanted to share. I'm just going to close with one big broad and, and she's Australia. The government of Australia, um, has actually passed $150 million funding for domestic violence prevention in the wake of COVID-19. And I thought that that was super rad and super worth mentioning. Um, because one thing that's really coming to light with all of this is, Um, now that women can't get out of their houses as easily, um, the rates of domestic violence have sharply increased. Um, So I wanted to give Australia an applause here too for um, putting that money down, uh, putting the money where the mouth is uh, towards um, domestic violence prevention. So yay, Australia. And yay, broads of COVID-19. Part one, broads of COVID-19. I'm wrapping you up right now, but I'm going to be back with more COVID broads for y'all. So that's all she wrote for now. Thank you for being here and listening. 
audience during quarantine. I know it's hard. I know your schedules are full, but we're glad you tuned in. We will be back next week with another broad you should know. Um, Not a COVID. We're going to give you a break from COVID next week. Business as usual. (laughs) But we hope you'll come back every week. And we hope that you'll leave us a review and spread the word. And if you like this episode, share it with your friends, man. Share it with everybody. Tweet about it. Yeah, this one might help people to hear about, you know, the positive side of all this chaos. Yeah, I like to hear about the heroes. When things are hard, I like to hear about the heroes. So that's what this episode was about. So share these hero broads with everybody you know. Um, shoot us some messages uh, on Instagram at broads you should know we're at broadsyoushouldknow.com we have all the broads online you can listen to other broads who have come before and uh, we hope you'll tune in next week